Previously on Myth, Terror, Love, we examined the High Priestess and Hecate. Today's show will focus on the Empress and Demeter. I'm Vidi, your expert in classics. And I'm Rose, your resident tarot practitioner. Welcome, everyone. Yay! Uh, so today, as previously mentioned, we are going to be talking about the Empress. Um, so I would also like to kind of, you know, talk a little bit about the tarot before we, we get into this, because yeah. little by little, I, I might be able to share a little bit of uh, my experience. A, a tidbit of time. <laughs> I also don't know if we actually like mentioned like anything about my experience with tarot. Um yet have we? I don't know if we have yeah. on the podcast. It's in the lost episode. I guess uh, that's something I should mention. We we have a, a lost we episode. We have a lost episode that we're not going to share. <laughs> it was it was when we were trying things out. It was, yeah. it was like even before the fool. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Before the fool's journey, we had another not foolish journey, well, but we tried. We, we tried. tried. So yeah. what I did though is I turned it into a blog post. So we kind of had a lot of like question and answers about yes. like what is classics, what is tarot, some of our most asked questions. So if you want to read that, I guess that's on mm. my blog. Maybe we'll redo it one day. Maybe yeah. I, I think that'd be a good thing. Maybe <laughs> like yeah, a future yeah. episode, and people could ask us questions too. Yeah, and I can't say how much I appreciate you, lis- listeners, oh, for goodness, yes, like actually pushing through this whole process with us you know we're we're learning we're learning yeah we have some growing pains and it's good (laughs) um and we're excited about it anyways though because we're we're really passionate about this these subjects and making connections between um the tarot cards as a structure and like looking at all of these ancient stories and seeing where the where the links may lie right exactly um anyways so i'm gonna talk about card positions today uh before we get too much into the empress um and you know we last week we were talking about the high priestess and she she tells us a lot to wait she tells us to be okay with where we are um empress kind of has a similar message, um, you know, being high feminine energy and all that. Uh, but I want so I want to talk a little bit about card positions um, and how when you are reading reading tarot cards, oftentimes you do so with something called a tarot card spread. And there's so many out there. Uh, the I'm going to say the one I use most often is the Celtic cross. Um, it is. Is, is a very common one, but there's also a lot of ways of interpreting it. Uh, basically, what happens is uh, when you're doing a tarot card reading, uh, your tarot card reader will ask you to place the cards in a certain position, and sometimes they'll tell you what that position represents. Sometimes they won't. Sometimes they'll just kind of like read the cards for you. Okay. Um, so the card reader will ask you to place all the cards in a certain position and then uh, go through the process of reading them and applies the card's position 
as like a superimposed meaning. So, for example, uh, using the fool, because we all know the fool yes. now. <laughs> so using the fool as an example, the fool can, you know, present itself as being a card that represents uh, the questioner, right? So the person who asked the question right. uh, can be the fool themselves. Or maybe the fool can present itself in the past, saying, you know, you were the fool before. Uh, it can also present in the future, uh, but it can also present as an obstacle or as a helper. Um, and so having the fool's meaning, like as a helper, for example, saying, hey, you should just start this new project with no fear of, you know, what might happen because this is just the kind of energy you need in your life. Mm-hmm. Um, or it could be an obstacle saying, hey, you know, you, you should probably know a little bit more of what you're doing. Um, and so I kind of just wanted to like mention that, you know, the cards do have their own meanings, but they don't always mean that for you in your life when it shows up. Okay, so like maybe like the interpretation could be a little bit different depending on where it is in, in a spread? Exactly. Okay. Yeah, so you know, you'll have your spread of cards and then the card will show up, but it it can have a very different meaning if it shows up in your past than if it shows up in your future. Okay, what about example. like... Does the position of other cards around it make a difference? Or is that like yes. a completely other... Actually, well, like normally other cards will like, will kind of give insight to that card for me personally. Okay. So like if I'm reading a card and it says, um, oh, this is what's going to happen in your future, or like this is the answer to your question, and that doesn't really make sense to me. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes like obstacles and the obstacle card and the helper card will make sense, will make sense of the other issues, right? Yeah. Um, and this is just my personal Celtic cross spread right. that I have. Um, some Celtic cross spreads don't have a helper. Some of them don't have an obstacle or even an answer to your question. They'll just have kind of like past and future and um, other aspects of a question, right? Okay. So it, it kind of depends on how the card reader interprets... Um, answering a question okay and and you, you said that you like using the celtic cross yeah um, so it's like a specific pattern kind, yeah yeah because like for me when i've done them before i i typically just do the three like the past oh, like present, past, present future. and future yeah or sometimes i'll have four and it'll be like so it'll be like future and one month future and three months or something okay like so that. like immediate future and long-term yeah, future exactly yeah and you know there there are also times where i've invented spreads um in particular for like comparing two different um, possibilities. So I call them like path A and path B spread. Oh, okay. Um, so it's like, oh, I look at this path. What? How? If I choose this, what will happen? If I choose this, what will happen? That would be helpful in making decisions. Exactly. Because I suck at that. <laughs> <laughs> it, it helps sometimes. It's kind of like gives you a little bit of insight about like, um, you know, where, where it can go wrong, where it can go mm-hmm. right. Um, and because, you know, when you make a choice, it's, it's never all good or all bad. Right. Well, it seldom is, I'm going to say. It's possible well, for it to be all good or all bad. At the same time. At the same time, yeah. 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 Uh, but it's also possible for it to be good and bad and have good qualities and bad qualities. And okay. Yeah. So, you know, I just kind of wanted to mention that um, different spreads and different cards. And maybe future episodes we'll talk one day about spreads and relate that to some some yeah. myth as well. Maybe that we'll even fun. do a spread. Ooh, oh, a live spread. A live oh. one. Okay, dear okay. listeners, let us know <laughs> if you're interested yeah. in us doing a live spread. Yes. 
let us know what you um, think about that. And maybe if, if there's enough interest, we'll we'll do it. We'll we'll do it sooner rather than later. Yeah. <laughs> mm. um, okay. Right. So now that you know, I I got to have my little spiel about <laughs> tarot and you know the process of reading tarot. Let's talk about the Empress. Yes. Uh, she is a wonderful, marvelous, marvelous lady. Uh, she is yeah. draped in what it looks like watermelons. Oh, or, or are they I, pomegranates? I, I, I think again? they could have also be pomegranates. Like when I first look at it, it kind of looks like watermelons, but I'm def- I'm actually pretty sure it's pomegranates now that I look at it a little I'm bit g- better. I'm going to push for pomegranate just because of the association with Demeter, which we'll get to in a I, little bit. Well, like when I look at it, like it doesn't make sense for watermelons to have leaves like that. Not really. So um, it's pomegranates. And, you know, she's she's got this beautiful crown of, of star flowers around her, and she's got like a... a pearl necklace um you know yellow hair and a yellow sky uh she's just absolutely surrounded by nature there's very little in this image that i see that isn't nature she has like a a bed of wheat at her feet that rhymes uh like it looks like she's sitting on a on some sort of like stone bench with like the symbol for uh venus or feminine symbol Mm -hmm. um in green uh within a heart right uh and there's actually if you if you look really closely you can see a lot of the female symbol uh repeating over and over again in the background as well um you know she's she's draped in this um elegant white gown uh with many pomegranates all over it and there's trees in the back and it looks like a stream and maybe even a waterfall but it actually kind of makes like when i see the waterfall it almost looks like she's like enormous yeah it doesn't definitely right? makes it makes it looks like she's either in the foreground or yeah like, she's quite it, large like when the water kind of like comes at her feet it's it almost looks like she's like this enormous uh you know goddess type of presence to her yeah um and like even the wheat looks kind of maybe too small in comparison to how large she That's is. That's true. So maybe it is like she's supposed to seem even bigger because of the things around her. Yeah, like how yeah it's possible. It. She's also carrying this scepter and she's she's like, you know, very comfortable on some cushions and stuff sitting down. Um, but also still attentive, mm-hmm. right? So she's she's like relaxed but also attentive at the same time. Uh, so what does she represent? Do what does she represent? Think? She represents jumping the gun. Um well no, that's good. She represents to me like everything all of the forces of nature coming together in order to create to create, right? Like she's a force of creation, of um intuition, of uh of motherhood and of love. Um and she's very she very much like enjoys where she is in life because often like everything that's happened around her is created by her actually like okay. she she is a creative force in herself but she doesn't have she, like she just is and things are created around her she doesn't need to actively create they just happen they just, they just yeah, spring it just up. happens okay and she just loves all of it she spreads love all around her and is just uh, an extreme force of like the the all loving mother who you know never loves one child child more than another. She loves all of her creations equally. Um, 
And yeah, so she hmm. it, very much this unconditional love quality to her, right? That uh, reminds me of Gaia. No, just as yeah. you're saying that, she yeah, likes Gaia. all of her being. Yeah, she she is kind of like a mother nature, mm-hmm. if you will. Um, when you think about it, she. I really like one of the things that Adotero says in describing her. Um, it says she makes no demands, she sets no conditions, she just loves everything equally and with all the power she can. And mm. yeah, it's like I yeah. kind of reminds me of you know my mom. <laughs> she just does the best she can, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, so is the Empress like the ultimate mother figure of? I would say deck? yes. Okay. I would say out of all, like, there's quite a few mother figures, mm-hmm. um, but out of all of them, the Empress is most mother. Okay. Um, Queen of Pentacles is a close second, and actually, Queen of Pentacles does also like refer to the Empress, but the Empress is very much that phase of life where things are just cre- being created around you. Mm. Um, it tends to come to people who have some sort of new who are going through some sort of change but often it's like a change of creation oftentimes she comes like to actually tell someone that they're they're pregnant okay. <laughs> right uh she's very much you know the the bearer of be of hey you're a bearer of <laughs> You're gonna be barren. Yeah. So not barren. You know, oh, that's the not one. barren. Not bearer, bearer, a bearer of children. Yeah. Why are those two words so similar? That's true. They are similar. That's sad. Um, maybe maybe it's not by accident. Maybe actually. not. Bearer, barren. Pun pun thoughts. Pun <laughs> thoughts on myth, terror, love. Um, yes. Anyways, so you know, it's this process of like things just coming together, being created around her effortlessly, um, and enormous love so she also will tend to come to people who are celebrating their life as well like you know time for celebration time for festivities time for harvest yes uh there's a lot of harvest quality that like you know you've you've sown these seeds and now is the time to collect and enjoy get to reap the yeah reap the rewards of the things that you've put out there exactly reap reap the rewards of all of your effort and hard work and um you know because that's another kind of birth Mm -hmm. as well yeah um harvesting everything that you've you've been working on for so long Mm -hmm. and actually getting the time to enjoy it and you know the, the feast that comes after a harvest, I think, is always the most satisfying. Right. It's like, I grew this myself. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if any, if there's any, like, farmers out there or, oh. uh, or like, yeah. people who do, who, who plant their own food in their own garden, like, eat things from their own garden, I think, mm-hmm. I think they can vouch for the amount of satisfaction that is obtained from making a meal from things you grew yourself. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's a different it's a different flavor i Mm -hmm. think (laughs) um yeah cool so who does the empress remind you of so like i said like she definitely reminds me of gaia and like when i think of the empress i think of just this ultimate feminine creative force not creative um fertility fertility so i i haven't even used that word but yeah oh i'm gonna use it a ton so don't worry okay good she's a symbol of fertility definitely and so um i'm going to be equating her with demeter but that isn't by any means the only fertility goddess um so again earth mother or gaia 
Um, mm-hmm. In Mesopotamia, there's Inanna and Astarte, which are fertility and sexuality goddesses. There's a yeah. Phrygian goddess. Um, how do I say that? Sibylle. There's Egyptian goddess Isis. Like there. Oh are, my goodness! I feel like yeah. every single there. There's always a fertility goddess. Yeah. I, you know, I, I think, like, in Christianity, too, if we were to take something that's a little more modern, uh, like a, a, a more modern um, religion, like, they, Mother Mary kind of has the symbol of fertility yeah. about yeah. her as well, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And, uh, and, you know, she didn't really have to do anything to become pregnant. <laughs> like, yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. Like, things just happen within her. It just her. springs yeah. up, yeah. Um, so, I, yeah, there's, there's this, like, feminine energy of creativity, creativity and fertility. Yes. Um, I think that's been pervasive through a lot of cultures, mm-hmm. um, not just Western ones too. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. It's that's yeah. why I just wanted to mention those other ones to say yeah. that it's not just this one; it's a lot of them. But I'll focus on this one. Yeah, so we'll because focus I know on more Demeter. about Demeter. Yeah, you you studied <laughs> her. <laughs> I studied her a little bit, and I also like that she's coming right after we talked about Dionysus. No, not right after, I guess, but we talked about Dionysus a couple episodes yeah, ago. We did. Yeah. So he's like the male fertility; he's the liquid fertility, whereas <laughs> she. He is the physical fertility. Physical, the like you said, the cereals, and yeah. actually, her her Harvesting. Roman name is uh, Ceres. Oh, really? And we oh. is that where we get the That's word a, cereal? It is. Yeah. Whoa, we get okay. So if you eat cereal, <laughs> you are eating Demeter. You're kind of whoa. Well, not well. that makes a whole. <laughs> that's a whole new like concept. <laughs> A little bit. That's, yeah. I want. I want cereal right now. <laughs> we can have some after. Okay, we'll have some. Do after. I, I don't even know if I have. We'll get some. We'll get some we'll, cereal. We'll today. get some cereal today yeah. in honor of Demeter. And I'm gonna be like, I'm eating Gaia. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Kind of, yeah. Uh, we we get a little bit. Um, you know, sometimes we get a little dark on this show. So, <laughs> sometimes a little bit. Uh, sometimes we want to eat goddesses. <laughs> My mind's going somewhere else. So I'm just going to like track back, talk a little more about Demeter and her backstory. Okay. So she is the goddess, or she is a goddess, yeah. um, one of the major Olympians, and she is a daughter of Kronos and Rhea, mm-hmm. and the elder sister of Zeus. Okay. She is also one of Zeus's wives before one. Hera. Oh. So he's married. So she's the first wife. Not the first. No? Oh. Who's the first no, wife? No, don't ask me that right now because okay. I can't remember. <laughs> That's I should okay. know yeah. this. I teach this. Um, <laughs> I want to okay, say so. Just no, one I'm, of not the wives. I'm not going. I'm not going. One, one of the wise, one of the later ones, like not like maybe fourth. Okay. Okay. Um. So together they have. So Zeus and Demeter have Persephone, and that she's associated with Persephone in a lot of. Um, images and mythology mm-hmm. as well. Persephone is um, the grapefruit, right? Not grapefruit. Oh my gosh. <laughs> pomegranate. Pomegranate. Okay, Persephone isn't a pomegranate, but yes. Is it Demeter as a pomegranate? No one's a pomegranate. No one's a pomegranate? <laughs> I thought okay. someone was a pomegranate. Okay. Oh, okay. I am learning today. You are learning today. I will get to <laughs> the like, pomegranate. You're like, no, no, there no, are no, no goddesses that are a pomegranate. <laughs> No one's a pomegranate. Okay. Okay, I will get there. <laughs> okay. I promise. Okay, so what do we say? Fertility, grain. So she is a sponsor of the growth of crops and the patron or patroness, I guess, of farming. So like you said, you, if you were a farmer, you would definitely pray and sacrifice to Demeter. Yeah, so she would be a very important goddess. She was yeah. a hugely important goddess because... Yeah. Other like if you don't pray to her, she's gonna cause a famine and you're gonna starve, and that's not a good thing. So don't wow. want to piss her off. 
Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. That them <laughs> fertility gods. Well, when she's <laughs> the empress, she's happy. She's a happy. She is. And she generally yeah. is happy or at least for 8 months out of the year, she's happy. Um, oh my gosh. I just like counted how many beads she has. Where? So she has 12 stars in her crown. Okay. And 8 beads along her neck. Oh, so in the, the 12 Olympian gods in the 8 months she's with Demi or with Persephone. Whoa. I'm just making that up now. I, I don't, don't know. know. I it, it's, Who knows? Like the thing is about these um about these cards is they were very much like planned. They were um, and so as sorry now yeah. interrupting you but as you were explaining it i was thinking about a paper that i wrote in my undergrad um there's this latin term called locus aminos mm-hmm. and i'm probably not saying that correctly but this image of the empress in the white rider weight deck mm-hmm. is like exactly what how a locus aminos would be represented because it has the water element mm-hmm. with the stream it has a tree and it has um a human it has to have like a human aspect so because yeah. there's the seat there and then just nature all around so that's exactly mm. what this is which is really oh, interesting that. so it's like a static ideal okay um, it eventually becomes kind of used ironically or at least that's what i so argue. locus aminus uh is is a static ideal yeah and it could it's um or so the literal translation is pleasant place so it's a charming landscape that invoked otium um, and was a space that invoked like all of your senses. Oh, so again, it has water, it has shade okay. provided by a tree. You know what? Yeah, that was definitely done on purpose because that's very much also something that the Empress represents is that she's very much about using your senses and feeling your senses. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, for her to be in a in a place that's a locus aminus place used by the Romans as a a place to enjoy your senses and specifically have all the senses being used. Yeah. Um, that makes perfect sense mm-hmm. for the Empress and what she represents. Yeah. Yay. Wow. <laughs> wow. Wow. I didn't even know that. And I wasn't even going to bring it up until I saw the image and you were talking about it. So yeah. I'm glad that, that I noticed that. Because that is really neat. Mm-hmm. Um, but otherwise, for Demeter, she's also... Um, seen or like represented as a mature and dignified woman which again we see with the empress yeah. she's also like i said very often depicted with um, persephone yeah. with child um with not necessarily pre- sometimes pregnant um but also holding a cornucopia very oh, often she's yeah. she's holding that so that's like that horn with the fruit and the vegetable coming out of it i'm looking at a statue you have of mm-hmm. her and she looks just like the empress she does like she's wearing the the same crown and like the way the the clothes are draped around her looks very similar and she's holding um some like grains in her hand yeah like a bunch of grains there so this yeah so yeah it's it's very very similar imagery in both which is again why i chose demeter to yeah to talk about today because yeah i think you're dead on with demeter Mm -hmm. um yeah it's also interesting that, like, in other portrayals of the Empress, like, for example, in the Celtic Dragon Tarot, she actually is pregnant. Right. Um, in yeah. that one. Uh, although there is also this, like, other message in that tarot saying, hey, uh, you know, everything is going well, but careful, someone can take advantage of you in this state. Right. Yeah. Like, because um, it's a... Which isn't something that's normally depicted in the Rider-Waite-Smith deck. 
mm-hmm. but it's kind of like it gives another another hidden meaning just right. goes to show that different tarot cards have different messages to to give exactly yeah, yeah definitely how are we doing on time oh. just, i just want to see Let's if check um yeah we've got some time okay we have some so, time so because i was thinking about going into a little bit of the hint to demeter to oh. talk about the abduction of persephone and the pomegranate but i know that's not exactly has to do <laughs> Okay, well, we've got like we've got like six minutes left. If we want to, okay, do I'll do it quickly. Hour. Okay, and then I will rant about Hades because <laughs> I need to have like yeah, a little. Got, I, I, I want to hear the rant Hades. about Hades okay. too. Actually, yeah. All right. So basically, all I wanted to mention was again in connection to the pomegranate. I should have just done it sooner, but that's totally fine. So basically, <laughs> Hades asks. It's it's important. Anyway. Whatever. Okay, so <laughs> Hades abducts, but not really abducts. He asks Zeus for his permission to marry Persephone. Which is how it was which done. Which is how it was done. So there's yeah. nothing wrong. So he kind of takes her without telling Demeter. Yeah. Um, because Demeter they, didn't know. But she didn't know. And, the, and they knew that she'd be upset. a little bit of a jerk. A little bit. But that's okay. Um, and Maybe a little more than a little bit. Yeah. Womanizing. A little. <laughs> um, yes, so... Demeter found out. She was super upset. She finally, she, she ended up finding out where she was and says, no, like, I want her back. And so she created a famine and everyone was starving. And Zeus was like, okay, we need to cut this out now. So, like, Hermes, go bring her back. And so as Persephone was about to leave the underworld, Hades slips her a little pomegranate seed. Because if she eats something in the underground, in the underworld, she has to return there. So that's why the pomegranate seed is so important in that story. Oh. Otherwise, she would be able to be with her mother the the whole time. So instead, she's in the underworld for four months of the year, and then with her mom for eight months. So that's, that's kind of that winter. cycle, exactly yeah. the the winter spring cycle. Um, which I don't know. I think that's so. Okay. So basically, Demeter like you know destroys all life. When she's not with her daughter, yeah, Persephone. Yeah, because she's sad. Because she's like the ultimate mother goddess in yeah. that sense. And that's also why I like seeing she's, her she's the ultimate as the mama emperor. bear. She <laughs> is. Like that, that's her identity. That's her yeah. playoffs. Like that's what she represents is that mother. And when her daughter is gone and married, she's no longer that mother anymore. Yeah. So it's sad. <laughs> and she, she gets really upset. So that yeah, was so my... It's like, she, she, it's, a, it's like when she's no longer a mother, she like actually loses a piece of herself yeah of what she represents yeah and she becomes like the old crone so like the next stage of life but she doesn't want that she wants okay she's a mama yeah well you know i i can understand that i can understand that from like the whole you know self-identifying with being a mother i just feel a little bit bad for her about that yeah no she's got she's got other things going on She's not just a mom. Exactly. But, like, you know, being a mom's awesome. And I guess that's what she's like. She's like, I love being a mom so much. I just only want to be a mom. She loves being a mom. And I think she she really represents that mother figure out mm-hmm. of all the goddesses. Again, other than Gaia. Yeah. So by having that taken away from her, she's yeah. losing a piece of, like, what she represents. Like, a piece of herself. Ouch. It's sad. Yeah. Well, are you ready? You ready? I'm for ready. Some, light, some ranting. Yes. Some the thunder bitty lightning round. I am ready. I think <laughs> okay. I'm not as prepared as I would like to be. Okay. <laughs> it's okay. 
<laughs> discretion is advised, I guess, maybe. Yeah. Okay. Listener discretion is advised. Thank you. Yeah, so I wanted to rant about Hades. Kind of doesn't have much to do with the Empress, but more to do with the myth. Right. Yeah, the that word was going over. And, and the rape of Persephone. Persephone. Yeah. Oh, okay. So there we go. So there's my rant. My rant is that it's not rape. A, because he married her. And B, we get that word um, comes from the Latin rapio, which just means to seize or to take and to capture. Yeah. So yes, he rapioed Persephone in that he took her, but not that he raped her. So that makes me mad. It also makes me mad that we think that he's just this awful guy because of his association with the underworld. And I think we mentioned this with Hecate as well. Yeah. Like, just because it has an association with darkness doesn't mean that he's evil. And he's not evil at all. I would say out of the three brothers, like Hades, Zeus, and Poseidon, like, he's one of the nicest. I think that he would be a wonderful husband. <laughs> like, he's actually a really nice, patient guy. There's He's never raped anyone as opposed to Poseidon well, like, and in the time, it wouldn't have been considered rape. It would have... But no, like, no, no, it, no. It is, no, it but is they possible to have marital did. rape. It's just that, like... Yeah. Yes. Yeah, okay. It's not that. No, <laughs> that's I, not what that's you're not saying. What yeah. That's not what I, I'm saying. I know that's not what you're saying. Okay, yeah. You. <laughs> so I just like, wanted to clarify for our listeners you. that, you know, like... Uh, it's different. It, in the... In, for the time, he went through all of the process the way he was supposed to. Exactly. In modern times... That wouldn't have been that wouldn't have been okay because, like you know, Persephone didn't have any say about who she was going to marry. Yes, Um, which would not be okay for us now. Yeah, which is not okay for us now. So you know, we take our (laughs) modern perspective when we're looking at it. We're like, oh, that's horrible. Poor Persephone. Mm -hmm. Poor Demeter. You know, yeah, Uh, Zeus, you're. You're you a know, jerk. You're Hades, you're awful. Again, you know, like, again, oh, these yeah. awful men, blah, 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 right? Um, and, yeah, I guess it is important to kind of think about it in the time, right? Yeah. And if if Hades were to be modernized, it's essentially the same as him going through, like, a whole proposal and, like... Exactly. You know, he, like, he would have gone through the whole, you know, he would have done everything he was supposed to do now mm-hmm. as well. It's just, yeah. like... Maybe there needs to be a modernized version of the story. Maybe. Ooh. Maybe. With blue hair. With blue hair. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> yeah, no. That's, no. Oh, that's another. Yeah. I could rant all day about this. Um, but we are yeah. out of time. Okay. Alas. Alas. We are out of time. Okay. <sighs> all right. So I guess that brings us to the end. Thank you so, so much for listening. Um, it's if, awesome seeing everyone listening. It is. I'm I was like, like, oh, people are interested. <laughs> Yay. It's not just us. It's not just us. We're like obsessed and, you know, want to just talk about this anyways. Yeah. But like, yeah, yeah well, people we want to hear it. Exactly. It makes us so excited. Yeah. So if you would like to get in touch with us, uh, again, you can email us at mythtarolove at gmail.com or you can message me on social media. I am at Biddy Diana. Um, we also created a Facebook group. Uh, it's Yay. called Myth Tar- <laughs> the Myth Tarot Love Podcast. So if you'd like to join that as well, um, you can communicate with us and the fellow listeners. And I'll try to post pictures and things on there as, as they come. Yeah. Oh, um, and next week's show, we're going to be looking at the Emperor. Mm. And uh, apparently we're going to relate him to Augustus. Augustus. Which is cool. Yeah. I don't really know anything about Augustus except that it sounds like August. That could be where we get our word <laughs> from as I'm nodding and you guys can't Which see that. Which is, you know, best month ever if Someone's you're Leo. birthday. <laughs> um, our parting words for today come from the Empress um, 
also quoting that American Tarot Association website. Yes. Uh, so it is this. Know that the perfectly abundant world of the Empress is always free for you to enjoy. Uh, thank you for listening. Terror.